I was just like doing the daily, going to the grind, doing the things right. I know I needed to do and just right. surviving. At that point, it's just like, just get to bed and wake up in bed. Like sure. that's, that's, I yeah. make sure my bills are paid, do the bare minimum. Continue breathing. I, continue breathing. Uh, yeah. And so like, and I was just managing. When you're looking for reliable information, where do you go? Far too often in today's world, we're searching for truth and aching for support in ways and places that are just no good for us. We select a credible source based off of accolades and other material factors instead of seeking advice from people who have actually experienced what we're going through. Once upon a time, people were surrounded by resources, others who believed in them and validated their experiences. But today we are judged, we live in environments that make us feel unworthy, and we are constantly second-guessing ourselves and the way that we feel. The villages of support we once had and knew dissolved as we evolved. And we began to find our answers on devices from someone smarter or in places where we didn't feel so ashamed to tell our stories. Whether you're a mom trying to figure it all out for the first time, an entrepreneurial spirit who is ready to take the leap, or someone who is interested in chatting about the things that people normally don't want to talk about, the Credible Sources podcast has something for you. Okay, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Credible Sources Podcast. Today, I have my friend, Kelsa. Hey, Kelsa. Hello. <laughs> I told her she has such a good energy today. You look <laughs> awesome. And thank you, um, thank you. we were supposed to do this, what, last week or the week before? Last week, yeah. And got a little derailed, but I don't <laughs> think anything's going to stop our conversation today. No, I've been going. Yeah. Um, so here's what's crazy. I always start off with how I know the guest or try to. And Kelsey so and I haven't met. We were just talking. We haven't met in person yet. I don't know why. I don't know why either. We have so many friends in common. It's wild. It's been a couple of years now that I'm like, I need to meet this Lady Beck person. <laughs> and we're only like an hour not even not even an hour closer yeah oh my gosh we're failing oh. at life Kelsa it's okay. we're here now so this is winning this is winning in my book it's failing if I never meet you that's true and we'll have to do like we will really have to like put it on our calendars because we're both actually obviously busy and like all over the place now here's what I think is fascinating about you and I don't know the whole story and we were talking okay. about this in like pre-episode chatter but you know, we're sitting here talking to somebody who went to law school and now <laughs> is a um, boudoir photographer yeah. and currently in a rebrand to really like boldly come after all of these stigmas and shatter yeah. them when it comes to women and pleasure and just <laughs> following all of those desires to step into your purpose. So like, Yes. I don't even know where to start. We could probably Same. talk for five hours. Um, <laughs> probably. But I mean, and I also want to present you as like, you know, no, um, like no disrespect, right? To like anybody who's out there dabbling in photography, but like you're building a really like legitimate professional, um, like 
impactful business. And it's not just about, at least from afar, what I'm seeing and the feedback I'm hearing from people who've worked with you, like it's, it's impactful in so many different ways. So it is like, just talk to me. I don't know what, oh my goodness, (laughs) long story. (laughs) So uh, maybe, maybe let's talk about, um, and use your example and testimony. Like, how do you go from law Mm. school and that track to, because that in my head, it's like a certain kind of person, mindset, goals, and Mm -hmm. then to like end up here, there had to have been like, it's a hard segue, (laughs) (laughs) hard segue. (laughs) So like, what happened? What is this? Oh my goodness. So what happened, what had happened was (laughs) I was in law school and I was doing the things that, you know, everybody tells you, you should be doing. I did the whole get married thing. Yeah. I wasn't on board with having kids with that partner. And so I was like, well, if you don't have kids, you go and continue your education as a woman, like as a successful woman in America, right? That's what they say in society. That's what they say. That's and in the movies, say. you know? And then, yeah, exactly. So I'm getting all of these simple little, little messages and outright messages saying, okay, you're married. Now what? Right. Okay. Okay. You're going to law school. Now what? Right. And in the middle of law school, I had some really challenging classes. So like I went to law school specifically for entrepreneurship to help okay. women build their own businesses, scale their businesses and see women make money. That's literally mm-hmm. why I went to law school, knew I was going to do that from a very young age. Cool. Um, and so I've always been entrepreneurial, went to law school to learn how to do it better. And in my second year of law school, <laughs> I'm running a wedding photography business because that was what was making me money to get through law school. Yeah, because no um, one talks about that part. Everybody who goes to law school, let's just be real. Most people that go to law school are privileged. It is a very privileged class of society that gets to go to law school. Yeah. The things I learned in law school, I think everybody should be being taught. Like Mm -hmm. in regular college and university and high school, we should be learning the basics. Mm -hmm. We don't learn the law in law school. Mm -hmm. Like we we don't. We Mm -hmm. are taught to read the law, interpret the law. So that we can further evolve the law mm-hmm. as privileged citizens of society. So if we're changing the law, we're probably going to change it for our favor, right? That's literally mm-hmm. what we're taught in law school is like, okay, now that you're going to be a lawyer and you've proven yourself to be a lawyer, we're going to teach you all the inside secrets on mm-hmm. how to continue to be successful and help your little niche of successful people be you know, successful. Yeah. Most of the kids who have come to law school already had that ingrained in them because they came from parents who were also lawyers or doctors. Sure. I'm going in there, no family support, no financial backing whatsoever, trying my goddamn hardest to get every grad plus loan I could get my hands on. Right. I mean, it was a financial mess for me. Oh, and I'm newly married. This is great and fun. (laughs) Yeah. And then it's like, P.S., in order to like supplement the, our income. The loans and everything. Yeah. Like, hey. We have to figure out another hustle. So I'm in law school, struggling there, just, I mean. It was difficult. It was very hard. I did fine, but it was hard. Mm-hmm. And then I'm doing a wedding photography business, which was super blessed. I was able to grow it very, very fast, very, very quickly. Um, so in my second year of law school, so end of 2019, I had a successful wedding business of 10 employees. I'm not shooting weddings anymore. I'm just managing everything while I'm in law school classes. When I should be listening, I'm managing the business. And when I should be managing the business, I'm reading textbooks. It was just a mess. And then um, 
Oh, and then my husband and I separated. Oh, great. <laughs> so great. It was just a great time for me. No, great. So yeah, that's awesome. How do you segue from going to law school to a boudoir photographer? It's called a nervous breakdown. Oh, yes. <laughs> no. So like you have all these subliminal societal messages saying, do this, do this, do this, do this. And I'm doing all the things and yeah. I'm just, it's not working. Mm-hmm. And or if it is working, I am deeply unhappy. Mm-hmm. So end of 2019, like I feel the weight of all of these things, of all these different messages and pressures and saying like, well, why aren't you successful at this? Or if you are successful right. at this, why aren't you successful in this other area of your life? Okay, well, your wedding business is doing great, but your marriage is crumbling mm-hmm. and your boyfriend likes you, but your law school is going to the wayside. And it's just like, So end of 2019, I had a nervous breakdown, complete nervous mental breakdown. And I, I, I should have been 302 and I talked myself out of it. Mm -hmm. And I had a therapist who told me things that were completely accurate, but I was not ready to hear it. So I fired her. Good way to know a therapist is when you want to fire them. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like that's the one. Yeah. That's the good one. Keep them. (laughs) Yeah. But so Mm -hmm. end of 2019. So I, I maxed out a credit card, the last credit card that I had. And I took myself to Miami for a weekend at the very beginning of January, 2020. And I was, I just sat down with myself and I was like, what do I want? Mm -hmm. Because everything so far that I thought I wanted Mm -hmm. has been, has been butt fuckery. Like Mm -hmm. I hate every minute of all of this. So Mm -hmm. what are the things that I actually want? And just what happens when I say fuck it to the rest? Mm -hmm. Like what happens when you say fuck it? to mm-hmm. everything except your unhappiness. Yeah. What happens is you end up actually being really happy. Yeah. <laughs> like truly. So beginning of 2020, <laughs> I was like, I'm dropping the wedding business. I don't want to do weddings anymore. Even if it means refunding everybody and going bankrupt, I'm not doing another wedding. I'm yeah. dropping all my employees. I'm just done. I'm just saying, fuck it. Yeah. And it's going to be messy, but I'm here for it. Good like for it you. can't be messier. It can't be messier than what it looks like already. Like yeah. I'm all, at that point in my life, I was like, I'm already at the bottom of the barrel. It doesn't get worse than this. So now that I'm comfy here, it's only up. So like, fuck everything. Like literally. This energy right now. Like this energy (laughs) right now. (laughs) We're hyping up everybody driving in the car, walking on the treadmill at the gym. They're just like. (laughs) I bet. That's what I hope to do. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I dropped the wedding business. I continued law school because I knew law school is I'm already halfway done. I'm already in the butt for it. I'm like, all right, I might as well just finish the damn thing. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, I was learning really amazing things there too. Don't get me wrong, but capitalism's fucked. Um, (laughs) I digress. Dropped the wedding business. (laughs) Big digression. Um, Finished law school. And I was like, you know what? And during that time, I had a lot of brides say like, oh, we want sexy photos for our husband. Mm. And that was like the year of 2018, 2019. I started getting really big in boudoir started getting published and I was like, okay, well, I, I enjoy boudoir way fucking more, Mm -hmm. but I'm doing it only like at 8% of the time because Mm -hmm. I'm busy with everything else. Right. So I'm like, what if I just dropped all the weddings, even if I go bankrupt and I just go full fledged into boudoir and just see what the fuck happens. Yeah. And within, so then what, what happened was, was COVID happened in March, 2020. So I didn't have to refund any bride. I didn't have to refund any of the weddings. So I used that money that I had to, that I was expecting to just brace. Right, right. <laughs> I took that money and I bought my studio. And so I have my studio. I got that in end of 2020. And it has been 
like up and up ever since. I got into OnlyFans and sex work and that helped my business a lot because I was able to understand how to be trauma informed with my clients mm -hmm. while also being sex positive with them. Mm -hmm. And so it was just it was just a a conglomeration of a lot of things that happened end of 2019 that I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm chasing my passion. I'm yeah. chasing my I'm chasing my pleasure. I'm just chasing whatever feels good. Yeah. And like just betting on the fact that if I follow <clears> that, <throat> I'm going to land on my purpose. And 100% I did. 100%. So now I get to coach women in their businesses, right. get them to scale. I get to empower them in a bedroom sense. I get to meet couples and like show them different tools and tricks that I have. Sure. Um, so this is part of my studio. So a lot of retail. Yeah. So I don't know if you can see like on the on the wall there, there's a little dildos dildo wall <laughs> so i've got all kinds of like tools and stuff to like show people because when they come in they feel more comfortable <laughs> talking to me than they do like a doctor or a therapist right and i'm like hey hi i don't know a lot but i know what feels good <laughs> right well that's literally how i got into it yeah so totally amazing and it's probably cool to sit and reflect and look back and just be like you you can probably see now right that certain things had to happen for other things to happen completely. And it's just wild. Like what would have happened if you never got the urge to, to start that wedding photography? Like, Oh, like, yeah. Honestly though, I like, don't even know. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, and so I always like to point these things out because, okay. Like the first thing that I'm hearing you say is you did what you were expected to do. I say the same thing in my story. It's like, mm -hmm. how, when when you do everything that you're told to do and you end up miserable, that is like a different kind of not enoughness and a new low. I felt the same way. Yep. I'm like, you know, I did really well in high school and I went to college and I worked my whole way through college and I got married and had kids and did all the things. And then so why am I so miserable? Why am I crying? Why is my every soul day? empty? Yeah. Yeah. Why am I so out of alignment that like, I remember, and I don't know if you want to share the details around your nervous breakdown, but I remember there being a day where like, I didn't know what else to say other than my nerves are shot. Like I, I fully embodied mm -hmm. the feeling of what that meant. Like, you know, people say it like, oh, my nerves are shot because I like, worked an eight hour day, you know, but it's like, uh, like my nerves level than that. were shot. Like I yep. couldn't feel anything. I couldn't think I couldn't mm. eat. I was having panic attacks that were sending me to the emergency room. Yep. And because, you know, it, and like, God love our doctors and technology and medicine and all those things. But when they can't find anything mm -hmm. in any of your blood work on your your on any of your tests, like your heart's fine and your breathing's fine. And like, it's just not a good look for America right now. You know, no, I slept in emergency rooms alone in the dark, panicking because the staff doesn't know how to handle something that doesn't come up on an EKG, you yep. know, and it's like. For me, that was like one of my, my pits, you know? So yep. like for somebody who is listening and feeling like mm. out of alignment or like they're on their way to a nervous breakdown, like red flags, those are red flags, red flags. And, and Something's if you're, if you're right. 
is for whatever reason, a teenager, you know, listening to this or a college student listening to this, like if you're not in alignment, I will never regret saying this. If you're not in alignment and enjoying what it is or have a plan around why you're doing something that you don't enjoy right now, get out now. Because I understand paying our dues and doing things that maybe make us uncomfortable or, you know, doing the hard thing for a little bit. But if you think that a degree, an amount of money, a spouse, a that, that, whatever is going to fulfill you, like get out now. So I don't know. Do you want to share what, um, because I really try to normalize the conversation around like what what that looks like. Cause people don't talk about it. They're like, Oh, like she had a nervous breakdown. Like I was having daily panic attacks at that point. So for the first, for the final three weeks before my actual mental breakdown, I was having everyday panic attacks before then three months before I was waking up every morning with an anxiety attack. Mm-hmm. Like I would literally, my eyes wouldn't even be open yet. As soon as my brain was conscious in the morning, I was crying because mm-hmm. I was so overwhelmed and I didn't know what to do. My heart would be racing. My, mm-hmm. I would start sweating and crying and just, I was a hot mess, mm-hmm. a hot mess. And that was doing the things that everybody told me I should be doing. And I was just like, you know what? It'll be better when I graduate. It's I disgusting, myself, isn't it? Honestly, it's actually yeah. it's a great term for it. It's disgusting. It's like disgusting it's that we tell our young people that this is just the way. suffer through. Yeah, yeah. That this is and this is the only way. That's yeah. really like that's the thing I don't get is that there this can be a way for some people, mm-hmm. but for the vast majority of us, the way that American society says you have to live your life is not going to work for ninety five percent of us. Right. It's not going to work for 95% of us. Like there's a small fraction of people that this actually works for. Right. We're in the vast majority of when it doesn't. Right. So I was having lots of anxiety, lots of panic attacks. And then I went, I was separated from my husband at that point for, I think almost a year. Mm -hmm. And so I was, I, and then I was dating somebody new and he had broken up with me a month before. And I went on a really, honestly, what it was, was I went on a really shitty date. (laughs) Like the, 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 the straw that broke the camel's back, all of it. Cause I was just functioning, you know, like you yeah. said, like I, I was just like doing the daily, going to the grind, doing the things right. that I know I needed to do and just right. surviving at that point. It's just like, just get to bed and wake up in bed. Like sure. that's, that's, I yeah. make sure my bills are paid, do the bare minimum. Continue breathing. I, continue breathing. Uh, yeah. And so like, and I was just managing and I was like, okay, well, one of the things to tell you to do when you're single is start to start to date. And I went on a few dates. It was fine. This one date, it was just an awful date. I, and it, I couldn't even tell you why it was so bad other than I just knew he was just, and you know, you go on shitty dates and I went home and it just like wrecked me. And yeah. I was just like, I called my ex-boyfriend, the ex at the time, we were still very good friends, kept in contact, whatever. And I called him, I was just like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to end up dying alone. And like, oh my I gosh. just like sobbed. And he was the first person I told like, this is actually how bad I'm struggling. Mm-hmm. And I told, and he was like, and he was so kind to me and he did everything like, you know, you should do, but like, I needed help. I needed help more than just mm-hmm. an ex-boyfriend snuggling me at night. Like I needed help because mm-hmm. I was still waking up in the morning heart racing, mm-hmm. like just panicking and over, over something specific. No, just right. like, it was just everything. It was just everything. And so if you, if you feel like you're waking up in the morning and you're instant anxiety, that's a huge red flag that something is wrong. Mm-hmm. You're probably doing something you shouldn't be doing, or you should be doing something you should be doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or shouldn't be. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I got to, it was end, it was right after finals and law school finals and right before Christmas. 
And I actually wrote down goodbye letters to all of my friends. It was more than a mental breakdown. I was completely suicidal, completely suicidal. I was, I was like, I got to a point where I was like, it, this is the bottom. I don't know what light even looks like anymore. Mm-hmm. And even if, and honestly, law school was incredibly depressing because the things I learned there, I was just like, so there is no changing it. Basically, I'm just exist to perpetuate the problem. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just, I just felt like a rat on a rat rat wheel. Just Mm -hmm. like, I just felt like there's no getting out of this. Right. And so I wrote goodbye letters to all my friends and, um, my ex in the middle of me writing my goodbye letters, he had knocked on my door just to check on me. That was God. That was absolutely full body chills. Talk about a guardian angel, man. uh, I mean, honestly, he really, really was like, if, if it wasn't for like really good people that I had in my life at that point, I, I know I would not be around. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be. And it's, it breaks my heart to look back at that Kelsa. Cause I was like, how hopeless she felt. Like she felt so hopeless. Mm-hmm. And like, if I hadn't been around, I never would have experienced anything that came out of that. Mm-hmm. Like living the life I live now, I would go through that again. Mm-hmm. I would like, and I know that's probably, I don't know bad to say, but eh. <laughs> like I say a lot of bad shit. So. No, I mean, I don't think it's bad to say. And like, first off, thank you for sharing that. And I'm glad that I asked if you'd be willing to go there, because even if one person can see parts of themselves in you and in this story, like this is not talked about. It's this, not, this and not, not, not enough about. in detail, no. and not enough in detail. I think people like I even did like try to write away from it being like, sure. Oh, well, I had a mental breakdown. It's like, no, I was full on suicidal, wanted to, had a plan, mm-hmm. was writing the goodbye letters. And mm-hmm. then I got a knock on my door and that saved my life. Mm-hmm. And he literally, he's that two days later, he took me to Miami. Mm-hmm. And that was where he was like, I'm taking you to Miami. He's like, we're not together. We even slept separately. Like, sure. but we were like, he was like, I just, he's like, you need sunshine yeah. and to figure out your life. Cause this is not the way it needs to be. And I was like, okay, like if this is a last ditch effort, let it be a good ditch effort. This is better mm-hmm. than being 302 locked up. And let's talk about that. Cause I, he took me to the hospital cause he was like, you need higher help. And I was like, I know I do. Mm-hmm. I got there and let's just, I mean, if you're from Pittsburgh, I'll, I'll just out there. Western psych sucks. Like, and that's supposed to be like the mental health facility here in Allegheny County. Mm-hmm. There is no mental health, like very, very little. So it was another layer of like helplessness and hopelessness that I felt. Yeah. I was just like, well, there is no higher level of care. So what am I even supposed to do? And so Kyle, he was like, well, let's go to Miami. Like we will figure out our higher care ourselves. Right. And I was like, thank God. Right. <laughs> so two nights, two nights, it was only two nights away in Miami, but it was everything that I needed. Everything. Cause I was just like, okay, just giant deep breath pause. Mm-hmm. If everything, if I didn't exist, none of these other things would exist. Mm-hmm. So fuck all of it. Mm-hmm. And what happens when I just live mm-hmm. the way I want to live? Right. It can't get worse than wanting to die. Right. It can't get worse than intentionally wanting to die. Like it literally can't. So, and it's just amazing. Cause like, if you had told me, if you had told 2019 Kelsa, that 2023 Kelsa would be here right now with her own studio and store and doing all the things that I'm going to be doing. I would not believe you. Right. Or I would have held on to that for dear life, you know, and literally for dear life. And I would be like, okay, I need to stay alive for that. Mm-hmm. And like, just, just, it does get better. If you are at the bottom of that barrel, yeah, looking at death, it does get better. A hundred percent can get better. 
you have to be very intentional about it. Intentional about your own pleasure. Yeah. And I mean, Truly. It's, it's no surprise now why you're doing what you're doing. Um, and obviously a lot of, I, I, this is just how it works, right? Like our pain turns into the purpose that we have. We were put here, I think, to like love other people and guide other yes. people who maybe, you know, like why should somebody else have to experience what I did? Like I always mm-hmm. say, I want to like streamline your life for you. Like don't, if you resonate with me, like don't make the same mistakes I did. Like I, what I would have given to, to put a strong, um, figure and, and look, like, it's not that I didn't have good people around me. And it's not that the people in my life weren't doing the best that they could, but they didn't get me. And I was like snuffed out over and over and over again as a young teenager, as somebody in their twenties, like, I wish someone would have told me, Hey, you know, um, you can work for yourself. Like entrepreneur is such a trendy, you know, whatever. But like, when I'm telling you, I was like hand braiding yarn bracelets when I was like six and like selling them to people. Yeah. Like, and I'm like selling them to people for 25 cents because like I wanted my own money or, you know, I'm working at a diner where I'm 15, 16 years old, waking up at 4 a.m. And then like, if I wanted to go see Panic at the Disco in Pittsburgh, I could buy my own ticket and put my own gas in the car. You know, when like my other friends like, like couldn't, or they didn't want to work, you know, it's just, it's, it's in you when, you know, and and you have that bone in your body too, whatever that is. But like, if we can help one person, because it's not even just about being like, oh, like forget everything else. It's like, we had to do that because we were brought up in it and we had to become, we had to unlearn, we had to decondition. We had to like relearn that um, we could trust ourselves, you know, and and what we, I'm I'm still learning how to trust myself with, with things. Um, But if somebody could just, especially as women, oh my goodness, if somebody could just teach a young woman, like for my daughter, right? Like I want her to all like to, I just want so much more for her. You know, I just, I want, I want both of my kids to be able to just be who they are and not be told like, um, there was this one Ted talk. I don't know who did it, but a guy said, um, I wish that the school system would give people mentors for who, for the things that they enjoy versus spending so much time and money on tutors for the things that they're not good at. Yes. Like who cares about geometry? I don't, not today. Like (laughs) that was so interestingly enough. I think that's one of the things that like fostered because like I grew up, I was homeschooled. I graduated high school when I was 16 because I knew school was going to be my way out of my abusive home situation. And there was being homeschooled, me and my brother, we were not homeschooled. We were given books and basically like left to our own devices. Mm -hmm. Good luck. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We were taught to read. And then our grandma taught us arithmetic, basic arithmetic. And that's literally like the only hands-on education we got. Mm -hmm. Um, And so my brother didn't like school, didn't like reading, didn't do anything. I, on the other hand, I was like, this is my escape. Like masturbation and reading were my escapes. And so I was like, 
I just did that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I just taught myself a shit ton and read all the time. But like, I think like I, the education part of that, like I, I saw that as a route to get out and I, but because there was no oversight, I was able to like, okay, I'm only interested in these things. Mm-hmm. I'm not interested at all in these things. Mm-hmm. And I like went head first into the things that I enjoy, awesome. which is reading and writing. And that those are the things that got me graduated early. Not the shit I didn't care about. I didn't care about math or science. Right. Now I do. But late back then I was like, yeah. I don't understand those. Yeah. The Bible tells me those are bad. It teaches me evolution and evolutions of the devil. So like, yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what I was, I yeah. grew up believing. Yeah. And so, and so I avoided those subjects. I literally graduated law school to this day. I have never taken an actual math or science course. How I was able to just like divvy around do that and stuff. I had awesome advisors that understood my upbringing and they were like, oh, okay, so we can count that money course for a math course. I'm yeah. like, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting too, because um, now that I think about it, I'm, I'm surrounded by women who have, um, who are degreed, certified. I have a girlfriend who- um, And has, don't use it? Yeah. Who has like multiple degrees. <laughs> um, she's an engineer and now a, a business owner. Um, and has been for years. And it's just like, you know, not downplaying the importance of an education at all. That's sure, not really, absolutely. that's not what we're doing. But it's no. like, I think that to your point with like, learn it, how you said, like, you know, we don't learn the law. We learn how to basically like, I'm going to say manipulate it, learn how to yes. interpret, interpret it, how to stretch it, how to whatever. Yep. But like, the all of those skills and those things, even in whether you go to business school or you become an engineer, it's like you're learning these things that can be applied elsewhere. Everywhere. And but it's funny because I feel like America's looking sideways at the degreed people who are not working in <laughs> within their field of study. And it's like, what is so hard to skills though that we learn? Right. Like what's so hard to understand it's like it goes out of the norm that's mm -hmm. really it's it's not inside the box and people are like we're supposed to fix this american capitalistic monogamous box yeah "Mm, yeah i don't not for me thanks yeah i've been (laughs) saying for years i'm like there just is no box i'm like what box it's like a fax machine when people are like can you fax i'm like what's a fax i don't know a single (laughs) rich or successful person who fits in the box Mm-mm. I don't know a single one. And that tells me everything I need to know. Mm-hmm. Don't go into the box. Do what the rich people do. Don't follow the box. Right. And also, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, so now let's talk about the happiness part of it because, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm no financial expert. We'll never, ever pretend to be. Um, I know that I've been like incrementally bringing in more money every every year and that's goals, right? You know, that's like, that's good. Um, But I'm nowhere near where I would like to be. Um, I think that there are a lot of big things that are going to happen this year and the following years and God willing. But what I think I am really good at, and I feel like you've unlocked this too. And we were talking a little bit before we started recording, like when it comes to like joy and time management and making sure I'm doing the things that I love all the time, I'm more worried about that. And, um, and if I'm an expert in something, 
it's that. So like, (laughs) so like, can you talk about your life that, because I feel like everyone become like, once you just learn what works for you, then it's like, I, I just don't feel like there are people out there saying that like, this doesn't exist that like, Oh, there's no way that like you're happy all the time or enjoy what you're doing. And I'm just like, why do we, why is that still a storyline? Why are we still telling people that they can't be happy all the time? It's a story. And I think yeah. that's what it is. And also it's a mindset. Mm-hmm. I think there are, I, I believe deeply in the fact that we are energy types and mm-hmm. we are energies. And like, we, this is just my physical form. My body is just my physical form yeah. holding this energy. And this energy, I do believe we're born at like different levels too. So mm-hmm. like, I think my energy is I think I have a very high energy. I'm yeah. told I have a very high energy all the time. So I'm yeah. like, okay, I'm probably high energy. Yeah. Um, and so I think I've always been predispositioned to be happy. So for even for me to feel that depressed and have panic anxiety, just like that for me, especially that's a huge red flag. It mm-hmm. just is like there are, I don't, for me, that was a situational imbalance versus a chemical one. And so I do believe that there are some people who like on a chemical level from the time they're born, brain, whatever, brain imbalances, like they are more maybe predispositioned more towards depression versus happiness. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean happiness is impossible. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean happiness is not sustainable. It Mm -hmm. absolutely is. Mm -hmm. And so that being said, I having an awesome community around me has been pivotal because so like I had I had very similar situations that happened back in 2019, just come back around this past November. So November was really hard for me mentally. Mm-hmm. The difference was having an amazing group of women around me that I could call on that I know I could ask for help and they would be here in a second. Mm-hmm. Or if like I needed anything, I knew that they were there for me. That was big game changer. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and knowing that it doesn't last forever, knowing mm-hmm. that if 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 you believe the rhetoric that happiness isn't sustainable, then you have to also believe that depression isn't either or sadness oh, isn't either. Love that. All emotions are waves and we're going to experience these waves. And that's part of life, isn't it? Like, I don't want to live happy all the time up here. Right. I don't. I think that's wonderful. And if you do, great. But like, there's so many other variations and I, I want to explore all my emotions mm-hmm. like, and all the different levels that they come in. Mm-hmm. And so like November was hard for me. Was I happy in November? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I was, but also I experienced more sadness and frustration in that month than I had in a really long time. Yeah. And if it wasn't for my community, I could see myself slipping way more into more sadness than I did at the like the status quo of happy that I'm right. at currently. I don't know how else to explain right. it. Like I no. feel that makes total sense because it it's contrast, right? Like you, yeah. you wouldn't know the difference. Um, and being able to appreciate the, the productivity within all of the feelings or like the purpose yes. of all of the feelings. So it sounds like with your growth, you were able to get to a place where when you know, you were more self-aware that when you started going there, you knew you were worth asking for help. And thanks to somebody like Kyle, right? That was his name. You know, that that you knew that somebody was there for you in the past. It was a like, like, I believe, right, that we like have this muscle memory now that's flexing, that's telling us, hey, there are people here who want to help you. But if up until Kyle, you never had that, your story is 
no one wants to help me. No one cares. No one would believe me. Like I'm doing this to myself. The world's better off without me. There's nothing that, you know, it's that story. So even more, did you find this too with yours that like before my 180, Mm -hmm. I did not, I told, I told everybody, I was like, I'm more a man than a woman because I'm not as emotional. That was literally a story I, I told people. I was like, my husband is more emotional than I am. I don't feel many emotions. I don't cry. I don't get angry. I'm just even keeled. But that mm. also meant I didn't feel happy either. Mm-hmm. Like I kept my emotions at such a bay because I kept the bad ones at bay. Yeah. And I was like, as long as I just show that I'm positive all the time, but mm-hmm. positive doesn't mean that I was happy. Sure. So did you notice too, like in your 180 that you started to like lean into your emotions more? Um, Like fully feeling them and like letting myself go there. Um, Or just more, not even like lean, like totally like just sob when you feel like you're sad, but like, just like lean into the more. It's like, okay, this is, this is a feeling I'm having. It's, I don't need to shut it down immediately. Right. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I think that you, um, how do I want to say it? It's, it's like, it, and this is conditioning from growing up. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. like, and especially with, with men, you know, just being told like, not just get back up. It's fine. Like not to like, there's so much stuff out there. There's so much Dude. science too, like science on either side of it. And that's where like with this credible sources podcast, I'm like, look, um, I don't need a publication to know that I am never going to tell my son to button up his feelings because he's a boy. <laughs> so hey. like whatever you want is cool, but um, yeah. I'm a mother and I trust myself that I am the best thing for him. And I know him unlike anybody else does. So yeah. I appreciate your study or your reasoning or whatever, but in my experience, that doesn't work. And that's like yeah. the whole purpose of this, of this platform. And what I want to do is like even sharing stories about darkness and depression and anxiety and You know, like we're being told to like go to our psych hospitals and, you know, and walk ourselves in there. I had a similar experience. They're like, well, if you're not currently wanting to harm yourself or someone else, we can't do anything for you. And I'm like, so where am I supposed to go? Where do I go? And the only place they point you to is scary as hell. And I'm like, I don't want to go. Yeah. It's like, so what do we do? And then you wonder why we start creating, you know, when we had the village five, six, seven years ago or whatever, people are like, what are those women doing sitting in a circle on the floor? It's a cult. And I'm like, no, actually we're um, making progress. You should try it. Don't. So long winded answer to say, I think it was around that time that I started exploring the deeper spectrum of my Mm. feelings. So where I would normally shut it down and be like, I'm going to cry right here for today, but I'm not going to let myself go there to pull the root. That's when I started doing that. But it was because to your point, there were other people around me who could hold Mm -hmm. that space and, and who didn't judge me for it. Yep. And also like growing up and trusting my emotions. That's been a huge, that was a big lesson last year Mm -hmm. because I was real. I was like, I've been doing a lot of um, EMDR therapy. Yep. And so it's a lot of like pulling out, like talking to baby Kelsa, talking, like mm-hmm. associating with your past and like pulling out the traumas and working through them, Sure, which requires a lot of just sitting with your emotions yep. and seeing what comes up. It's very uncomfortable, but holy shit, is it healing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my God. 
but I noticed a big thing last year was like being raised religious. And I noticed a lot of the women that I'm with currently were raised religious being in America, kind of unavoidable, but in the Bible, I mean, something I was told all the time growing up is your heart is deceitful above all things. Mm -hmm. Even you won't know it. Mm -hmm. Like you can't trust, you cannot trust yourself. Mm -hmm. It is only Jesus and God you can trust. Mm -hmm. Your emotions are meant to lie to you. Your emotions are meant to deceive you. That's literally how I was raised dealing with emotions. And so any emotion came up, I shut it down, Mm -hmm. including happiness, including Mm -hmm. joy. Like you can't snuff out other emotions and just keep joy and happiness. Yeah. It doesn't work. Well, it just does. You have to embrace all of them. The full spectrum. Yeah. Well, and I mean, just like the law, right. Um, and, and my, my day job is in safety. (laughs) So I'm constantly (laughs) sifting OSHA regulations, you know, and it's like, um, the Bible and what people have done to scripture, it's in my opinion, because I'm just over here talking on a podcast in in my office, you know, I'm whatever. (laughs) But like, in my opinion, we do the same thing there. So like, I see, I have seen in my own personal life, how my flesh has been deceitful, you know, and how I, I do believe that God puts desires on our hearts that are specific to us. And once that desires there, it's, it's, it's kind of like, all right, let's get blowing and going and let's go after it because it's mine. And it's, it's something that God gave me, but I've also seen how, um, you know, friends of mine will say like, well, let's just do it if it feels good. But sometimes the thing that feels good is also incredibly irresponsible. So (laughs) it's like, it's that balance of like having perspective, having spiritual maturity and like, over everything, oh, just so trusting yourself, like trusting yourself yes. to be like, I'm because I'm also ready to deal with the consequences, whether they're good or bad. And I say that about yes. myself as a business owner. And I'm sure you do too. I say all the time, like if I have a record year, it's my fault. If I yep. go bankrupt, it's my fault. If yep. I get myself into a really great situation with a partner, it's like, like fault it you know, we use it with a negative connotation, like, oh, it's Kelsa's fault. But it's like, it's also Kelsa's fault that she's got this really great business. Yes. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I get that just feeling, I mean, I was raised Catholic. So most days I'm, I'm like, I'll <laughs> see you guys in hell. Uh, yeah. Shame and guilt, shame and guilt, shame and guilt. <laughs> yeah, like, everywhere you turn. The Catholic and, MO. Yeah, it's like, so, so no wonder when you're told to graduate, you graduate. When you're told that, you know, your generation's going to college, then you go to college. When you're in your like third year and you still have taken all these classes that mean nothing and they're like, you should probably declare a major now. You're like, well, shit, just this is what I did. I'm like, can you just <laughs> jigsaw these together into something? Yeah, you like, know? Please. <laughs> <laughs> like do whatever. So, that's so mad, Jen. Yeah. I'm like, can you just, cause I don't really want to waste any more time. I've like got a life to live. So what kind of degree can I walk away with? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So pulling it back to the original, like happiness question I asked you though. So I love how you answered talking about like the wave of emotion and it's not just about feeling happy all the time, but I guess a better, um, more specific way to, to lead into this conversation is let's talk about the myth that you have to quote unquote, pay your dues 
and do this like miserable stuff the majority of your day or like you have to be miserable during the week and then you get to live your life on the weekend on the weekend or um when you get when you retire is when you can have fun or when your kids are 18 yeah like all of that stuff i could not disagree more and there are people the retirement thing honestly makes me angry it breaks my heart to see people literally live not live i'm not going to say live waste their years of healthy, looking good, feeling good, 30s, 40s, doing everything else but the shit that they actually want to do. And they're like, well, when I retire, I'll travel. When I retire, I'll do this. Mm -hmm. But when I'm retired, I know my bones are going to be achy. I am not going to want to get on an airplane all the time. I'm not like a cruise is the best thing you're going to get me on maybe once a year. I know that. (laughs) Like, so like, I'm going to do all the shit I want to do when I'm retired now while I'm looking good, feeling good, being me. Like, yeah. It makes it, it, it literally breaks my heart to see like a six year old woman be like, in six and a half years, I get to go on my cruises. And I'm like, oh, Becky, uh, you'd have been so much hotter 30 years ago doing that. Uh, shit. <laughs> and it's just, it's enjoying it. And it's like, um, and this has come after a really long overhaul of my life and me being very deliberate. Like, that's one of my favorite words. I'm extremely, mm. when I am focused and balanced. I mean, look, I'm just like everyone else and I can go off the wall, but it's like most days I'm very intentional with the way that I do things. And there's not, there's there's not a thing that I do in my life that I don't enjoy. There's there. And and that's not, that's not me being braggy. That's not bullshit. That's like, that's something I'm proud of because I used to do a lot of things that I didn't enjoy because I was told I had to do them only to find out that in half the time I could make double, triple the money and spend the rest of my time doing something else. And then, and that was like, before I even had my kids, you know, so then you throw kids onto it and now you're held to a whole, Oh my God, the stuff that came with me becoming a mom. Oh my God. Like you wouldn't believe, like you, I can't believe you want to go back to work or I can't believe you're staying (laughs) home or I can't believe you're breastfeeding or you had your kids. You can never win either way. I'm like, can we all just like, calm down like take a giant seat <laughs> zoom out Sit your ass down oh yeah. my god like let's zoom out and just you know so now I'm to this point and it sounds like you are too that it's like how can I feel like I'm constantly convincing people that they're worth working a job that they enjoy working mm. a job that keeps them safe because that is like what I've spent the last decade doing is like advocating and helping employers have safe workplaces and then like <laughs> getting paid well for the job that they're doing. And then the moment that yes. they're unhappy, let's talk exit strategy, people. Yep. Like let's get and yeah, out. nobody talks about exit strategies. No. So I do a reverse business planning. So it's literally like we start at whatever age you want to retire at and we work backwards cool. to figure out how to get you to retirement 10 or 15 years faster. So my retirement plan, I'm retiring in five years. I'm 30. And I plan on retiring by the time I'm 35 because that's when I'm planning on having my first baby. And it's going to be great, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great plan. It's, it's nice plan. to have a so loose like plan. Yes. yes. It's a loose plan. Yes. yes. Intention. And yeah. Like, like when you said that, like I think honestly a big help to my happiness has been living with intention. Yeah. So I read this book called The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. 
it's a little misogynistic and privileged, but it's fine. It's it's got some good truths there. Okay. I just preface that to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, good to <laughs> it's know. It's not geared towards women, but you can absolutely make it geared towards you. So I read this book, Four Hour Work Week, and as like an entrepreneurial person anyway, I was like, How do I get a four hour work week? That sounds delightful. Yeah. Now I work an eight hour month. So like the rest of the time I'm doing podcasts and everything else. Yeah. I only work twice a month. Yeah. And I only work twice a month, twice on Sundays. And I, that's when I shoot my boudoir. So yeah. boudoir is literally the thing that I see convincing women. Cause I'm, I felt very much in the same boat, especially business planning with women mm-hmm. that haven't had a boudoir session or empowerment session or whatever. Mm-hmm. They did not like, it was so hard to just be like, but you can't, I promise you can just try it. Yeah. Just try it. I promise you yeah. can do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just like cheerleading them on right. basically versus them of their own accord coming into the studio, getting an empowerment session with me. And at the end of it, they're like, I can take over the fucking world. Like they're convinced themselves. Like I didn't have to, I didn't have to teach them through anything. Yeah. They're just like, Oh my God. Right. I can do fucking anything. That's like, awesome. I know. Imagine that. Yeah. And then it's just, it's just balls to the walls. They go crazy. Like I've had one girl, she had written like six novels that she didn't have any of them published. She brought wow. books to her session. She's like, I'm a huge book nerd. I actually write. I'm like, why don't you publish them? And she's like, Oh, I could never. I'm like, well, well, we'll see. Yeah. At the end of her boudoir session, it's her reveal session, which is like a day later. And she's like, I'm publishing my first book. Oh my I feel gosh. confident enough that I can do yes. it. This was two and a half years ago. And she's gotten all six of her books published. She's on the New York Times bestselling list. That's incredible. She's unreal. And I'm like, huh, I don't like to take credit, but I'll take credit. Right, right. <laughs> like, she says she's like, boudoir is absolutely the thing that set me off to like, make me feel confident enough to even pursue this. Yeah. And I was like, fucking A, that's fantastic. That is Because fantastic. I think like... You and I living the example of like, you can be a working mom mm-hmm. and a good mom mm-hmm. and be there for your kids mm-hmm. and be successful. You can mm-hmm. do all of these things. Mm-hmm. So when people come into your sphere or talk to you or hire you for anything, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, well, if Lady Beck can do it. Like, I can do it too. And that's literally like, I know I exist as an example of like, well, if Kelsa can fucking do it with everything she's been through, then I could fucking do it. You but know, yes, you, you know, Kelsa, and the other thing, I, then, then tell me if you feel the same way. I genuinely want people to win and growing up, I never had that. If I got an ounce of um, like positivity or encouragement from a woman, and this is dead ass, it was immediately followed with some sort of remark or it came from a place of lack. And we all know what this is. Like, we all know what this is. And it's not pointed at any specific. It's it's the way that, in my belief, it's the way that those women grew up in a culture that was much different than what we're experiencing. So when I tell somebody or when you say to somebody, why wouldn't you publish your books? It's not coming from a, well, why wouldn't you publish your books? It's like really dumb that you haven't done that yet. Or, you know, it's probably good that you haven't because I want to have, like, the room that's available for people to be New York Times bestselling authors mm. or millionaires or painters, or I tell people all the time, I'm like, I don't care if you want to like tie dye t-shirts in your garage. Like I'm going to root for you. Like, let's make a website. Like, and also, <laughs> that's you can be, stu- this is, this is like, so when we talk about success, mm-hmm. especially with women, women making money gets my dick hard. Oh my God. I love seeing women make money and take over this world. I'm like, 
fuck yes. <laughs> fuck yes. That's the shit that I literally live for. And I'm like, a woman telling me, she's like, I made this much. And I was like, fucking yes. Like, yes, that's you literally did. all I want to hear in my yeah. life. Yeah. And I was like, and that I was like somehow a part of it. I'm like, <laughs> I feel like I'm in alignment. Like yeah. it's such validation. Mm-hmm. But there's this other book by Rachel Rogers. Um, she's a black woman, and she writes this book called "Why We Should All Be Millionaires." Not only should we all be millionaires, but so we crazy. all can be millionaires. Like it is possible, no matter what the fuck you do, yeah. to be a millionaire. Yeah. And I know this because 2019, I thought I was going to go bankrupt, and here I am sitting real pretty in 2023, about to travel the world. Yeah. So I'm like, I it, things can change just like that. Yeah. Just like that, you can be a millionaire. There's enough money in this world. Yeah. More than enough money, and enough people that want the product that you're selling or service that you're giving. The the, the specific energy that you give, you're tie dyeing shirts in your garage. Yeah. Whatever cares? certain tie dye you do, or just the person that you are. You can get millions from that, yeah. Just from your energy and doing the things that bring you pleasure, yeah. I promise. It's literally the way the universe is designed is to make sure that when you're following your pleasure, it's making sure it's validating your purpose. Yeah. So how the universe is set, it's like literally on its on its marks, get set, go. Yeah. Wanting to like give calibrated you for that, it's like that's like it the word that's is. like coming up for me. It's it's ready. Like it, the puzzle is together. It's just waiting for you to put your piece in. Yeah. To complete the thing literally all it's it is so much easier than i think even i knew it was Mm -hmm. like it can't be that simple Mm -hmm. it really is it really is so when we talk about women being successful and being millionaires i i want to break the stigma that like i can never be a millionaire Mm -hmm. first of all no it is actually your societal duty especially Mm -hmm. as women to be a millionaire Mm -hmm. so i believe it is my duty to be a millionaire because as a millionaire i can then further support my publicist, who is another woman, mm-hmm. my social media manager, who is another woman. Mm-hmm. And I take up a big port part of their salaries mm-hmm. because I can afford them mm-hmm. because I'm going to be a millionaire. Mm-hmm. Not there yet, but almost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're on that retirement track. But like it allows me to afford so that these other women can then also become millionaires. Right. So like the Catherines, the Taylors, the Suzannes, the Leandres, all of the, my team in my life, the only reason yeah. I can pay them is if I do well. Mm-hmm. And so the women that come into my studio, they see that I'm doing well, but they also see the women who are working for me doing well. And they're like, well, I want to do well. Like, it's like a no brainer. Everybody wants to be a part of something successful. So it's like, and yeah. it's, it's not even just playing. It just is. It's like, yeah. hey, you, but like, you're sitting here getting your hair and makeup done by my team to like, have you thought about being a millionaire? What are you doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's be millionaires. Like, I just, I, I, it really is so simple. It really can be. It really is. Especially having gone to law school and seeing how fucking easy it is to make a million dollars. Y'all. Yeah. It's, 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 there is this lie in American culture that you have to be monogamous, married, kids, and poor to be a good person. Mm-hmm. And it's just not how the cookie crumbles in real life. <laughs> no, it's not. And it's ironic you would bring up Rachel Rogers, right? Yes. Because last night I was, um, wait, was that last night or this morning? I was in the gym listening to a podcast. <laughs> <was> dark out. <laughs> I can't, I can't remember. Um, <laughs> and it was like a mashup on Lewis House's podcast, School of Greatness. Love if you Lewis ever listened House, yeah. to Lewis. Yep. I know the school. Of and, um, he did kind of, I call it like a mashup. It, it was on, um, it was money talk, you know, but he, yeah, had, yeah, yeah. he had pulled several different excerpts from interviews that he had done over the years. And he pulled a snippet from hers. And as oh, I listened her. to it, because it was like Grant Cardone, um, 
Mm. To be honest, I can't even remember the other people. But then she spoke and I recalled hearing her original interview. So it was like, I felt like it was a reminder that I needed because I hadn't heard anything about her in like forever since I listened to the original interview. And now for you to bring her up. So we need to, I'm going to put the link to that podcast in the show notes of this podcast so people can get to it. Um, And then if people are listening and are like triggered around this amount of money, like here's Mm. where I bring it into like, into what I feel like my purpose is. And it's, it's coming back to like, I'm getting to the point in my life where let's say good money, you know, how people say this. I don't know if this is like a Southwestern Pennsylvania thing. Everyone's like, you make decent money. You make good money. Like that's the oh, good money. Yeah, good yeah, money. Got you, got you. Yeah. Like, like not like good and bad, but it's like, if you want to make whatever good money looks like for you or that salary number looks like for you, like, I don't really yeah. care if it's a million or 50,000 or right. 5 million, like whatever that number is for you, I'm really turned on to the idea that it's just a byproduct of what you're doing. So I'm not saying that you can't, uh, you know, some people are out there working 15 hour days at a job that they hate, um, ripping people off, doing all things, the bad way, whatever. And they're making millions of dollars and that's working for them. And they believe that that's the only way to do it. And they're right. But I also know people who work very limited time, you know, they're, they're working and having a completely different life and they're putting their money back into the hands of other good people to go do more good things. They believe they're right and they are. So whatever works for you is what's going to work for you. But I'm, I feel like I'm in the business of like happiness. I'm like, let's like define, yeah, like let's define what that looks like for you. Because if you're telling me that you're miserable every day, or if you're having panic attacks, or if you're whatever, Mm -hmm. a lot of the time it is situational, which I love that you brought that up, the situational versus a a true chemical Chemical. bodily issue. And I say a lot that I believe our bodies- If you stay in the situation long long enough, enough, it can switch to chemical. Yes. And you, and it, it perpetuates in the body. So I'm a firm believer of saying too, that like, our bodies are like metal detectors. Like Ooh. when we are around things that we love and doing things we love, we're like lit up and we're like, you know, we're great and we're having like a good time and everything's flowing. But then when we're around things, people, situations, environments that are not, it's like that metal detect, like your body is going to respond somehow. Yep. And that could be. Yep crying. That could be anger. That could be like, we know what it's like to walk into a room. Like if you walk into a room that two people are standing in and they just had an argument and you walk in without knowledge, you can feel feel that when you have butterflies in your stomach, does that show up on an x-ray or an MRI? Uh, No, when your heart skips a beat, do we have scientific (laughs) evidence of that? No. So why would it not work the same way? And and that was exactly. something else that, that people told me was untrue, Energy. that it was just like, oh, you're just whatever, you need this, you need that. And I'm like, no, it's my body knowing before me that I'm in a bad situation or a situation that's getting to be bad. Yes. Um, so I've successfully over years now <laughs> removed a lot of those things from my life. And it's like my nervous system 
on certain days is like, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. What are we doing? <laughs> Do we exist? Do we exist for a reason? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like we like on a weekend without my kids, I'm like, hmm, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to like eat something. Um, you know, it's, it's not like I before. Yeah. You feel like you're in like a battlefield when you Literally. are struggling with that. It's like, you're getting hit with things from everywhere. And it's like, I want more people to experience freedom and peace yes. and happiness and know that like, it's real. That yes. we're not just sitting here saying this for the podcast. Like you're unhappy with your life. Like, let's talk. Let's, let's figure it out. Shift some shit. Yeah. Become intentional. Honestly, like that is a big key, like intentionality. Mm-hmm. Cause that allows you to say fuck it to the things you need to say fuck it to. Yeah. It does. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Man. So I feel like we're at a good spot to feel like complete and wrap up because we're yeah. like hitting it. I mean, we could get a second win and go for another hour, oh, but we'll just have to do sure another episode. <laughs> so before we send you off, let's talk about um, at the time of the recording, which we're probably a few weeks out, you're in the middle of this rebrand. So probably yep. by the time we hit this, you're going to be, be done. You're going to be going. Um, yep. Where can people find you? What do you want people to know about what you currently have going on? And yeah, so I will. I will be in Pittsburgh from now off and on until July. In July, I am going full fledged, full time traveling the world and bringing boudoir and empowerment Stop. sessions to literally everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to list my itinerary because I will be traveling alone and just safety reasons. But I will still have my team. I'll still have the Pittsburgh studio. But from now until July, you can catch me for a session. I'm doing um, all-inclusive mini boudoir sessions at my Pittsburgh studio. I'm also doing erotica and empowerment sessions until July, full ones. So that includes hair, makeup, the whole like charcuterie, champagne, the boudoir session itself. Yes. And if you want boudoir or erotica, I do both of those. The difference is one is implied, one is actual sex. So you could take your pick, but I do both. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> But that's what I'm doing until July. And then July, I'm out. I'm traveling the world. <laughs> that is so cool. Well, before July, <laughs> before we July. should probably get coffee or something. <laughs> yes, please. I would enjoy that. I will even come to Fayette. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And then I will link your whatever you want me to. So, guys, check the show notes for um, I know you're active on Instagram and then we'll yeah. just put in whatever it is that probably my link tree. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. That yeah. way people can just go Yay. and find you everywhere. Well, thank you so much. Thank this you. Has been I enjoyed great. this so much. Yes. Oh my God. I plan on talking to you a lot more. This is fantastic. <laughs> I'm so excited. Okay, everybody. <laughs> thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you in the next episode. Well, everybody, that wraps up another episode of the Credible Sources podcast. Thank you so much again for tuning into this episode. I really appreciate you being here. If you found yourself thinking about somebody during this episode who you feel could benefit from the information that we talked about, please be sure to share this and pass it along with them. If you're interested in learning more about today's Credible Source, be sure to check out the show notes. And I look forward to seeing you again here on the Credible Sources podcast.